0: But yeah, I go through and underline stuff and make notes of things, Um, which my elementary school librarian would be very angry with me if she was writing in a book, but I bought it, so. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's why you are your own librarian now if you own the book. Yeah. So
0: use it. not scared of you anymore. Yeah. Mrs. Finkel. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't remember what her name was. (laughs) That's a pretty good name for her.
1: Grouchy librarian.
0: Welcome to Mere Christianity Part Two, right? Yeah, chapter two. Finally. Took (laughs) us a while. Yeah, we've been procrastinating and busy. And busy. Every time we get a chance, it's like, oh, I'm not actually here today <laughs> or something. No more procrastinating. <clears throat> Which
1: means I had to actually reread the second chapter of yeah, Christianity. Yeah,
0: I had to go through just a little bit ago and scan through it again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just as good as the first chapter for sure. Yeah. It's titled Some Objections. Lewis, well, in the first chapter, he lays out two points. Um, Firstly, that human beings have this idea that they should behave a certain way, which he calls the law of nature. Mm -hmm. And secondly, that they don't behave the way that they know they should. Yeah. And in the second chapter, he anticipates what people are going to say in response um, to object and he writes here well some people did say this to him he says for example some people wrote to me saying isn't what you call the moral law simply our herd instinct and hasn't it been developed just like all of our other instincts Mm. which is something that I know I've run into before um, debating Christianity with people is I say why why do we do this you know if we don't have if there's no God or no yeah why do we do things that moral standard for us? And yeah and one common answer is it's our instinct mm-hmm. um, our herd instinct um, but Lewis lays that out that we all know he says well, we all know what it feels like to be prompted by instinct. Um, it means we feel a strong want or desire to act in a certain way right yeah but then he says feeling a desire to help is quite different from feeling that you ought to help whether you want to or not yeah you know
1: yeah and just to give talk a little bit about what that means that like the herd instinct like oh yeah from biology of it what Mm -hmm. that would be is like if you can't if you can't help yourself do better in life and biologists will talk about fitness which is how many offspring you can produce so if you can't increase your own fitness by you know getting more resources more food more area anything like that the next best thing is to increase the fitness of your relatives and the, mm-hmm. the same species around you so that's kind of what that idea is of this kind of herd instinct of helping out the overall group kind of this greater good type of thing where you might do something that seems selfless, but really what you're doing is you're working towards the good of the group Mm -hmm. and trying to increase their fitness if you're talking about biology. But
0: yeah. But yeah, he says that's not the case. Um no doubt we do have a herd instinct. Right. But that's not what we're talking about. Right. Because something that tells you That you like, and he gives the example at some point in here of if you hear a cry for help, you'll have your herd instinct telling you that you to go and help this person, and at the same time, your survival instinct telling you to run away, right? But you'll also have something else that says you ought to follow the herd instinct and suppress the survival instinct, yeah, and that cannot be an instinct of itself. It's and I, what's he? He gives an a, a uh, analogy with a piano, right? Yeah. That he Louis says the thing that tells you which note on the piano needs to be played louder or cannot itself be that note. Talking about following sheet music, there's certain mm-hmm. symbols that tell you when to play a note louder and play a note softer. Yeah, and that isn't cannot itself be the note. Yeah,
1: um, it has to be some higher mm-hmm. authority. It can't be on the same level as, the, exactly in this case, as the instincts that we have. Mm-hmm. If it's something telling us which instincts to follow and which ones not to, it's something above and, you know, with some authority over instinct itself. Mm-hmm. Something higher up.
0: Yeah, it, it has to have that authority that mm-hmm. has to be, yeah, like, just like you said, higher up. And just to the listener, I would...
1: Once again, strongly recommend you go find yourself a copy of this follow along with us Um, One thing that Michael and I were just talking about is how nice it is. It's one of the Easiest books of this sort that you could get and pick up and read very easily. the chapters are so short and he does such a good job of Controlling himself and looking at one point per Mm -hmm. chapter. He really just makes one simple point per chapter and talks about it in a lot of easy ways. So uh, get a copy, follow along. Mm -hmm. Strongly recommend it. Absolutely. It's a great book. Yeah. And Um, I love that in this chapter, he's like, it's pretty cool that he's anticipating the opposition, um, which I think is one of the characteristics of a good, somebody that's good at debate or mm -hmm. conversation is to know your audience and the person you might be kind of mm-hmm. um that might be bringing up the other perspective well enough to anticipate and answer their questions before yeah. they can even ask them
0: and it shows that you really thought something through if you're thinking about okay where where are the flaws in this argument what could somebody come back and yeah. try to mm-hmm. you know use to disprove this right um you know it's in the last episode when we talked about chapter one i mentioned that something that I thought had Lewis had written about in his book, Abolition of Man, mm-hmm. because it had mentioned the abolition of man right before he was talking about a similar point. But I, and that was, I was I brought up that I remembered him talking about how humanity as a whole has progressed. If if you look back uh, past civilizations, most people would say that we have progressed and mm. gotten, become more moral. Yeah over time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're better than we used to be. Right. And that in itself proves that there is a perfect morality that we're working toward. Mm-hmm. There is a morality above everything else because yeah. we couldn't be improving unless there was a standard that yeah. we we've set. Yeah. Um, and that's even regardless of whether it's
1: true that we are improving or not, mm-hmm. like that could be true or false. But the fact that people
0: feel like we are
1: Either moving forward or backward shows
0: that there is something. And I thought that... I brought that up thinking that he had mentioned it in Abolition of Man, but it was actually just here in Chapter 2. He mentions it, Um, and I underlined part of it, but... He says, progress means not just changing, but changing for the better. Mm. If no set of moral ideas were truer or better than any other, there would be no sense in preferring preferring civilized morality to savage morality or Christian morality to Nazi morality. Yeah. You know, Um, the moment you say one set of moral ideas can be better than another, you are in fact measuring them both by a standard. Mm -hmm. And I love, he says here, you are, in fact, comparing them both to some real morality. I love that phrase, real morality, because yeah. I think people view morality as, as something that's subjective. Mm. Um, yeah. And I don't think it is. I think there are little things, and morality can, what's considered moral, can definitely differ by culture a mm. little bit. But overall, I think there's something higher up um yeah and like he laid out in the last chat in the last chapter you know there are differences but the remarkable thing is how similar yeah the different cultures have been right there's views on morality you know yeah
1: and that's what's the analogy does or no he talks about like um how many how many um how many wives should someone have? Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of differs yeah, over time that's and culture, but.
0: Different over culture, but it's yeah. always been agreed that no man should ever have any yeah. woman he wants. Right. You know, and yeah. it talks about no one's ever, ever admired for cowardice, yeah. you know, right. and things like that. Um, something else that stuck out to me in this chapter is. Uh, he oh, I underlined it where he says the most dangerous thing you can do is take any one impulse of your own nature and set it up as the thing you ought to follow at all costs, mm. which I think can happen a lot. And it reminds me of his other book, Screwtape Letters, where he talks about um, a trick of the devil being taking one virtue and amplifying it mm. to take so that that virtue takes the place of God to yeah. somebody. yeah. You know, and he gives the example of a love of humanity and mm. says, love and humanity in general was, uh, or well, actually says, you might think love of humanity in general was safe, but it is not. If you leave out, if you leave out justice, you will find yourself breaking agreements and faking evidence and trials mm. for the sake of humanity yeah. and become in the end, a cruel and treacherous man. Yeah. You know, any one thing that and even if it's a good thing if you set that up as the highest good and follow say that this is what i'm striving for at all costs yeah um this one thing it, it's gonna get it twisted
1: yeah and like to the merit of people who do that and a lot of people have and we do it kind of unconsciously um if you don't recognize that there is something some higher authority which is this Mm -hmm. moral law we're talking about some higher authority above our instinct and our like virtues then what you're left with is you're going to start trying to make one of them that higher authority you figure out which one is best Mm -hmm. you know and so maybe exactly that's where you decide that well um love for Humanity Is that what he was just saying? Yeah. Love for humanity is the highest of all these um, virtues or what's the best instinct I have. That's going to be what I set up as the authority over all of these. Mm. Um, So if you don't have something above all of these virtues, then we recognize that we need to have some kind of authority. So what we end up doing is just picking one of them Mm -hmm. and going with it. And that's not quite right. What we need... Is an actual higher authority that will not just that isn't one of them, like he said, mm-hmm. it's not one of the piano notes. It has to be something else.
0: It makes me think of um, how in so many like science fiction novels and movies and things, somebody creates like a computer AI mm-hmm. whose purpose is to is to end human suffering yeah or something like that and yeah. the ai thinks about it like all right the best way to end human suffering is to kill all the humans that yeah. way they can't suffer or yeah. something you know which it's in that's the whole plot ends up being the whole plot of the story but that is really you know when you set up one good idea or one of these virtues as the authority one of these in, one of these instincts you know as authority that's exactly what happens is you end up following it at the sacrifice of everything else that's good
1: yeah and and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about previously we were talking about eudaimonia Mm -hmm. um and aristotle talks about virtue and how really it's kind of a nice fine balance between excess and lack Mm. and so you really can take even virtues too far um, by making them out to be something that they aren't. Yeah. And a virtue is not the goal of your life Yeah. to be virtuous, right? It's not that higher authority. Mm-mm. And if you make it out to be that, then you fall into the excess, I think.
0: Yeah. Just like we were talking about with you know, happiness in the last episode, happiness yeah. is good. Yeah. But if you make it your ultimate goal, <laughs> you're gonna fall short right
1: it's interesting he does all these almost experiments because i'm thinking i was thinking about it as a scientist for a second and i was like well what's he backing up all these statements with but he does all these cool things where he lets you kind of see how you would feel about something Mm -hmm. um and so he says that you know if you were to hear a cry for help And so he sets this up and he lets you, the reader, Mm -hmm. think about how you would feel in this situation. And yeah, you bring up your two instincts, but then there's a third thing. And so it's cool to think through and you're like, oh yeah, I feel that too. There's something telling me which instincts to follow Mm -hmm. and which ones would not be um, moral to follow. And so, yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary of the chapter is the moral law is separate and above just instinct even herd instinct
0: Mm -hmm. one other thing that i underlined at the end is he says if when each of us thinks well and this is him making the point um that this this uh reinforcing the idea of this real morality Mm -hmm. again um He says, if when each of us said New York, each means merely the town I am imagining in my own head, how could one of us have truer ideas than the other? Mm. This thing about New York made me think about this idea nowadays. A lot of times that truth is viewed as something subjective Mm. and not something objective, you know, and morality and morality as well. And yeah, that's what and it's yeah if we're if it really is if morality w- is subjective and each person were free to just make up their own morality based off of whatever impulses they deemed best yeah. you know whatever impulse they wanted to make that authority mm-hmm. then morality the would cease to have any kind of meaning yeah because if it again if it's just a matter of opinion then it the, it doesn't mean anything it only means something if morality is this authority that we're all agreeing to try and follow yeah um and it would also mean that there's no reason for you to ever be upset with somebody else when they commit a crime or do something wrong against you because maybe their morality is says that that's perfectly fine Mm -hmm. if it's all subjective and really i think if that were the case
1: we wouldn't be talking about it there would be no point to talking about morality if all it was was your personal opinion mm-hmm. and your personal preference, right? Because I would have no benefit from convincing anybody else that the way I'm doing it is right. Exactly. And the same way. And so it wouldn't even be a concept, I think, but that, that, that we would have.
0: I mean, that's what people are saying nowadays is like, you know, you're free to believe whatever you want as long as you don't tell me that I ought to believe it as well. You know? Yeah. It's like, if you want to think that, you know, God is a giant cat mm-hmm. and that we all should pet a cat three times a day to get into <laughs> heaven, then everybody's like, yeah, that's fine if that's what you want to believe. Yeah. And just don't tell me that that's true. You yeah. know? And this is the thing, like, I, we're not talking about when we talk about God and Christianity and Christian morality it's not just this is what we like we 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 don't just believe this because we like it mm-hmm. or we think it's fun yeah um we believe this because we think it's true yeah and it's true for everybody and so if we tell if i tell you hey what you believe is wrong yeah and you sh- should change mm-hmm. it's not me trying to oppress you or offend you i think some people can say that in a very offensive way and there's a right way and a wrong way of telling somebody that what they think is wrong but just allowing somebody to believe whatever the heck they want to believe no matter how ridiculous it is is not kind yeah it's not helping them it's not helping them at all if you believe something is true You ought to tell people yeah. because by not telling them, then you're saying, I don't care enough about you for you to know what's real and what's not real. Yeah. And like, that's going to,
1: that's going to have repercussions and consequences. Like you believing in absolutely, absolute lies or Mm -hmm. stuff you've made up. That's you better believe that's going to affect your life. It's not just something that goes unnoticed and, you know, doesn't have repercussions yeah um, just because it's something that's happening internally your own beliefs and stuff does not mean that it doesn't have external effects and consequences so i think that's one of the issues is like just leaving them to believe things that are not real mm-hmm. and not true that's not helping them at all in fact they're
0: yeah going to be just because they're happy in their ignorance doesn't mean that it's good for them yeah yeah
1: it kind of takes a, a one of those kind of larger perspectives that mm-hmm. we were talking about in the last episode where you have to look beyond that first moment of it's uncomfortable to acknowledge that um, yeah they might you know you might be in the wrong
0: yeah if i tell you that you need to give up your sinful life and accept Jesus into your heart. It's not me trying to control your life or, you know, n- force you into some slavery or bondage or something like that. It's not me trying to, to, mm. I don't know. People feel like they were on a, you can you're oppressing them if you tell them. That their way of life is wrong. Yeah, and it's not anything malevolent at all. If I'm telling you that, it's because I love you. Yeah, and I know, I believe that this way of life is better.
1: Yeah, and like I would stop. I would hope that I would question myself Mm -hmm. if I felt like anytime somebody um, started talking about what I believe or don't believe, if I felt oppressed and attacked. Yeah like, that would make me start to question well is that because what i believe is very fragile have i not thought it through well mm. enough do i not actually believe the things i think i believe yeah right if you're having this intense reaction to people questioning or having different beliefs than you it might mean you need to strengthen mm-hmm. what you believe to dig into it and uh work out exactly what you believe because i think lots of times maybe that's what it, that's what the core of it is is that They're holding on to something real flimsy. Mm -hmm. And so the moment somebody comes in questioning or asking questions or providing answers, they want to shut that down. It Mm -hmm. feels very much like an attack because, yeah, what they're holding on to is flimsy and
0: not real. One last thing. The last point that Lewis here um, makes, the, the last point that Lewis makes in this chapter um, he says, One man said to me, 300 years ago, people in England were putting witches to death. Was that what you call the rule of human nature or right conduct? But surely the reason we do not execute witches is that we do not believe there are such things. If we did, If we really thought that there were people going about who had sold themselves to the devil and received supernatural powers from him in return, and were using these powers to kill their neighbors or to drive them mad or bring bad weather, Mm. surely surely we would all agree that if anyone deserved the death penalty, they did. Mm. There is no difference of moral principle here. The difference is simply a matter of fact. Mm. It may be a great advance in knowledge not to believe in witches, There is no moral advance in not executing them when you do not think they are there. Mm. You would not call a man humane for ceasing to set mousetraps if he did so because he believed there were no mice in his house. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that seemed odd to me. I remember reading
1: that through and it seemed almost off-topic to me.
0: Yeah. He says that though the difference between people's ideas of decent behavior often make you suspect there is no real law of behavior at all, yet the things we are bound to think about these differences really Uh, prove just the opposite. Yeah. And so, like, it's almost like,
1: when we think back on our history, immediately there's some shocking differences in what was accepted Mm -hmm. as right and, like, Man, some of the things that were done in history are horrendous. Yeah. So how can that be that all of humanity has this moral law if these terrible things happen? Well, first of all, humans are ignorant. <laughs> and we're working things out and don't have all the answers. And then also like take into account the cultural mm-hmm. and the, the context of the time. We had this thing in Bible college. Context is king. Um, or context is key. Either one. Um, Hugely important. Like, understand what's going on with Mm -hmm. the culture there, what was happening at the time there. Yeah. Um,
0: And so you can understand their morality. Exactly. Because that's what he's trying to make the point of. He says, I've met people who exaggerate the differences um, because they've not distinguished between differences in morality and differences of beliefs about facts. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you've got to understand. If you're going to be looking back and comparing the morality of cultures... Throughout time, you have to understand what they po- were believing and what was going on at the time. Right. And
1: probably take it all with a grain of salt because if you, in all your perceived greatness, are not able to follow your own morality through perfectly, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you better believe that everybody else in history has also exactly. had that same issue. And so just because we have this moral law... Um, remember it from back from chapter one we don't follow it we don't
0: follow it that's the whole point all right i need another cup of coffee thanks for listening to talking with intention we hope that you enjoyed the show if you found any part of it meaningful, the best way to support us would just be to share it on social media. It might not seem like a lot, but it makes a big difference for us. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for new episodes, we'd love to hear from you, so my email's in the description. Also, feel free to check out my website, nwcollins.org, for some more blog posts on similar topics, as well as some short stories and poetry that I like to write. Thanks for listening, we'll see you next time. every time you take a sip it looks like you hate it and then you take another sip <laughs>
1: Amy says the same thing she's always surprised that I'm st- I guess it doesn't make sense you're right I don't know why like I'm yeah. not forcing myself to do it either yeah. it's just like I, t- I guess it's in my hand so I'm gonna sip it yeah Remind
0: <laughs> <laughs> I me mean never to hand you cleaning supplies <laughs> Oh my gosh. (laughs)